When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. <laughs> Caitlin is taking over. <laughs> We have a super cool guest today. Let's welcome Jessica Sutton, who plays our beloved golden retriever, Tally Craven, on Motherland Fort Salem. Thanks for hanging out with us today and being our first big gay energy interview. Yes, On it. On it. Thank you for having me. Back to you, Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Put me on CNN. Back to you, Caitlin. (laughs) And with the weather. <laughs> it's Caitlin's podcast now. <laughs> oh, no. This is okay. going to go great. All right. Then you take it over. All right. That's the end of Caitlin's podcast. All right. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, yes, thank you for bringing us Tally. Tally is a, one of the most wonderful characters ever, and she's so much fun on Motherland. So thank you so, so much. Um, Tally You're welcome. Oh yeah, Tally has come such a long way since like the pilot to like where we kind of end things. Do you still see her as a walking exclamation point or like has she changed over the course of the show? She's still an exclamation mark. But I I do do feel like she has matured. And um, I did feel like in season two we we went from an exclamation mark to a question mark to then back to an exclamation mark to a question mark to an ellipsis, like <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Like season three kind of feels like a dot, 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 right? Like let us okay. begin. Uh, yeah. So. As a writer, the fact that you just use punctuation <laughs> to answer your question. Was, was that beautiful? Good. I'm yes. chef's kiss. Removed. Like I'm, I, I have to say she is a symbol for me. So I, it helps sometimes, I don't know what, the way my creativity works, um, but I always find it helps to be very visual um, of, of uh, just being like um, cerebral sometimes. I kind of always find to try and ground my characters in, in some kind of poetic way. Um, that's often, I mean, I just used what Elliot had given me, which is like the coolest character description ever. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, like what a cool way to describe somebody, a living exclamation mark. And then I thought, well, I know something about that. Wait a second. And it's it's been a roller coaster. She's been such a a gift of a character from a transformational point. Like we were just talking about the ep, ep eight, season three, uh, you know, I switched possession to season one's 
bitty transformation. I've gotten to step into many skins while playing her, which is so cool and such a privilege for an actor, especially in the format of film, because you would expect more of that to be in, the, you know, a theatrical environment. Um, it was just such a delicious challenge, and she scared me, which is the best kind of thing for me. I know when I'm about to stretch myself as a performer when. I'm about to take step up to the plate and figure it out, figure my way in. And I, yeah, that was tally for me. So yeah, the, the exclamation mark was just a great um, in, like an anchor into understanding firstly what Elliot wanted for the character. Um, and then, and secondly, it was just kind of like my lighthouse point for her because I think that was her inherent, is her inherent soul. So I say like, yes, we changed, but also it was, it was always there and it remains to be her kind of her core. And that's enthusiasm, like mm -hmm. what an underrated characteristic. And I know I, yeah, that touched a, a, a soft spot on me because as a kid, I was always kind of like, uh, discouraged not to be too much. And here was a character who just embodied all her light and energy. And she's just this, she was just going to be stoked no matter what, like no one could take that away from her. And she was certainly not going to apologize for it and not feel like she had to like dampen it. And I love Yes, I really I love that. Yourself. It's beautiful. And like yes. even Abigail, you know, even the characters of Abigail and Ray, who are so much more refined, restrained, um, muted, you know, guarded. And especially in season one, they both have like, Abigail's got something to prove and Rail's like, I'm going to freaking blow up this whole thing. Um, you've yeah you've got this kind of immovable object unstoppable force and then you've got mm -hmm. tally in the middle he's just like shiny <laughs> <laughs> literally that's the and it's such a she's, <laughs> ah, that is so cool i'm currently rocking my my tolda t-shirt in... nice Ooh, nice <laughs> um i I had a choice. I had either the show, I had either the Motherland t-shirt or I had Sarah's Defense Force, Aldo's Defense Force. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta defend my wife. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, sorry, I lost my train of thought, but I, um, yeah, is it shiny? That was, I always found that quite, um, Enduring. One of the one of the things that Elliot and I spoke about after I got the role was because I, I just couldn't believe that I had been picked. Someone at the bottom of the world randomly plucked. It felt like I was plucked from underneath a rock in um, in well, Cape I mean, Town. Did you see your auditions? Your auditions yeah. are amazing. <laughs> I oh I I I have, but you know you gotta you gotta understand. Like I was shooting that in my friend's garage with a camping light. It was very exposed. Like it was none of this beautiful 
like I, I you know the the backdrop was wrong not that these are right and wrong i guess but it was very much a scrappy tape and i was auditioning for my managers to try and get them to represent me i wasn't even thinking that this was an even that this was an actual character for an actual show so there was that happening hmm. at the same time oh wow and uh, my friend Richard Lothian, who's a most amazing casting director. He was just starting out as a casting director and I'd known him as such a formidable actor and he he was so sick and it was pouring with rain and I remember him driving out and coming to do this tape. And I don't think it would have been what it, what it is now without him. Um, it really is about who you're acting opposite that brings out your performance. So thank you, Richard. If you're listening to this, we love you. <laughs> you um, but Elliot told me, he said it was the beat for him. The beat where I went in Tally's monologue of talking about the matrifocal and there's no boys ever. And I say ever twice. And um, he'd said that everyone else had kind of played that out, like as a as a joke, like ever, you know, which makes total sense, because if you've got two people standing in front of you, why would you have a private moment in front of them? But that's me. That's how I am in life. I can I can go like a mile a minute. And then I just like kind of check in with myself, like, what did I just say? And um, it landed the funny in a different way that he he found really endearing and and he was like, that's what I want for Tally. I, I want you to be, be very serious and very purposeful about everything. Like nothing of what you're saying is intended to be funny. And I'm like, okay, good. That's how I, that's how I approached her. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. So yeah, it was just an alignment and, you know, I've come to see my enthusiasm as a superpower and I intend not to dim that light. Thanks to Tally Craven. Good. Tally's the best. Tally is the best. <laughs> it's a super important. I'm biased. Thing to I'm biased. So everything that I biased. say, I'm going to be like, I love her. <laughs> That's how every podcast of ours goes. They they all talk, and I'm just like, I love Tally. Yeah, that's literally how it goes. We we're like dissecting the episode, and then all of a sudden, Caitlin's like, I love Tally. <laughs> what's not to like you know yeah exactly, exactly. it's it, it's hard it's it's i think it's um yeah it's hard to not love somebody who can just be so stubbornly delightful and mm -hmm. open you know but at the same time you do have this feeling of like protect the baby you know because you have this sense of of um of trust like incorruptible trust like the baby is gonna be out there in the world trying to you know reach out for things and you're like oh yeah that's hot that's hot and you're just <laughs> watching them learn it can be quite painful to to watch and i think that's what was so amazing to play off the characters of sarah alder and victor batan as mentors because she needed she needed people who had 
who had maybe been like what she had been, you know, like I, I yeah. definitely feel like Alder saw herself entirely. Nick just saw herself entirely. There's something quite interesting there. Mm-hmm. And Tally's openness is so disarming. So they're eight, in the scenes with just the two of them, whether it's Alder or Tally or Nectar or Tally, you're able to see a different side to Nectar, able to see oh, a yeah. different side to to Sarah. And you're, you're, uh, you're questioning why they would reveal. And I think it's a lot to do with the mirror. Like mm-hmm. once you, if you're seeing a younger more innocent version of yourself that's not so jaded and and hurt you're reminding yourself of oh you know i gotta i gotta warn this person and i love that contrast because tally is just like okay i i can't you you also aren't not me you know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna live my truth and i'm gonna ask you the hard questions and you're gonna tell me you know not to pry and not to look and um, but I, I see you and I can't look away. And I feel like Tally in some ways is also looking at an older version of herself and she's going, she, in her empathy, she can really stand on like the threshold of understanding somebody and go, I want to understand you. And in order to do that, she drops all judgment of what, and I think a lot of people wouldn't, they would get mm-hmm. hung up on the judgment of, well, you've done you've crossed a line and I cannot actually have this conversation with you. You're a traitor, you're spree, you're whatever, you know, you're playing for the other team. Tally's just like, you're a human being. I'm a human being. We're on the same team. (laughs) Like she doesn't understand how not to, yeah, she just walks into the rooms without asking for permission because she's already human level instead of, the preconceived Ex- notions exactly and i think that's such a radical thing to think mm-hmm. like to really think about in terms of how i live my life as well as like it's it's very interesting how we play off of teams and like it's me versus you and it's the other um i think that the show implicitly and explicitly has a conversation with the audience about that Yes. You know, our worlds are different, but they're not that different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're not that different. We're having some really deep conversations. And I always love that Tali just doesn't know any other team, but the humankind. And um, that's beautiful because, yeah, she, she was able to step into conversations around mentorship, for example, where she was actually, she's teachable as well, which is so beautiful and not, not every character that you get on, you know, on pages is that, um, which is fine because it's, it's beautiful. You what you're going to watch someone like Abigail go through a very different character development to somebody like Tally. But, um, yeah, I loved, I loved how teachable she was and she just leans into what she doesn't know and she wants to keep asking those questions. Not only that, I feel like Tally, and this is one of the questions, we feel we always say this, we feel like Tally could have chemistry with a brick wall. Like she yeah. has chemistry with everyone, everyone. and everything. <laughs> so. it's, I, I, I would say, I mean, as an actor, I prepare 
I prepare. I mean, a lot of actors, I mean, so I like talking about my process, but I'm also very mindful that when I'm not speaking to actors, it's probably the most boring thing to listen to. But I will no, say this. No, we love everything. <laughs> for me, the hardest part of, uh, that didn't, that wasn't, um, that is, is something that I have to have at the forefront of my mind is to connect. It's to get out of my to leave all the preparation that I've done at the door and to see the other human being that's in front of me and just to trust the moment. That connection is everything. That is the performance. It's, I don't know, I don't know what else you're doing if you're not connected to the person that you're in the scene with. And it's, 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 it's really interesting because I've um, watched a lot of my old work and past self tapes and um, constantly learning something by watching those. And what's what's apparent, and I think what has been the four years of you know education of being a part of the show has been able to watch actors of such caliber. And whether it's Lynn, whether it's Demetria, whether it's Cat. Um, Emily, they're all so connected. Like that was just, you cannot take your eyes off of them because they're, you know, a hundred percent interested in what is happening in front of them. And there's, there's no part of their energy that's going back in. And that's been such a privilege to watch. Um, I know that's made me better for it because I get I you know I was able to just then play a tennis game with the masters and and practice my serving so yeah that from an actor's point that was something that I really worked on was was that and then also realizing who Tally was is this I think part of enthusiasm and a part of where her energy is is that she's like a hundred percent out all the time she's finding everything else more interesting than than, than what's going on with her. Um, sh so she's like a dog like that or a baby. She just is like looking out at the world and she just wants to figure it out. And it's all just so fascinating. So I, I really, yeah, I worked on, on that. And again, that empathy, right? Meeting everyone at the door, whether it's, whether it's an animal, whether it's a human being, um, I think she really just respects an entity. And look, when you're when you're when you've dropped judgment and you're totally engaged with somebody, and you make them believe, like the feeling is, is like they're all that exists in Tali's world, and she has that feet that she has that superpower of making somebody feel totally uh, seen. And I think all she's also wanting is to be seen. And so when a character sees her and she's seeing them, I think that's what you're picking up in terms of chemistry. You're like, whoa, <laughs> what's happening there? <laughs> because you've got two people standing naked in front of each other. In a poetic way. That's way to put it. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. That made me yeah, have a different does. question in my head, but we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I ain't, a, I ain't scared of anything. I'm just <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I'm finally, I'm, I'm finally able to say all the things and talk about all the things, and it's so right, great. She's free. It's so lovely. I'm free. <laughs> We're already cutting out so many questions, but it came into my head, and I really need to ask it. So go, go for it. Um, so what made you always want to take off clothes when in a scene with Alder? In, in, in the season. Okay, so I will say. <laughs> This is why See, we write the questions beforehand is, so they can filter this me. Is, this is also this is also interesting because I don't know if it's gonna you know this isn't gonna this isn't gonna satisfy what you, what I would. It's a very technical thing. We were shooting a lot of our scenes, so remind me again because all I have is David Fazee's episode um, in eight. There's just before we just before we go the out, dancing to, one as well. Oh yes. Oh, and then gems. Uh, F three. Okay, so I want you to imagine you're being dressed in thermal winter gear and you're on a stage, or you're in a very hot bar, and it just purely came down to me being very hot. Like I was <laughs> face sweating, and I'm going. <laughs> if I have to ask makeup to come over one more time and like blot me, I just said to I asked. I asked David, I didn't ask Jem's permission, but it made sense. I was in this, yeah, I was in this like thermal, oh, and then I had like a cardigan over, right, in the scene with, with Linen Ep 8. And I was just like, I, I need to take this, I need to take it, take it off. And I feel like it, it worked in the scene because it, well, it served for me to kind of go back to the, the chest of drawers um, and get a little bit of space uh, between Lynn. I was playing into more of the frazzled and exasperated side of Tally, letting her frustration be seen. Um, where I know Lynn wanted to previously play it very still. She wanted to have us very close together. And I mean, she's in my bedroom and she's asking, you know, she's saying she's come for me. Um, yeah, but the way that we worked up the scene, it just kind of, it just organically just led into that. So that's why I took off my shirt. I was really, really freaking hot. Um, <laughs> I mean, that is a, a good, good reason. <laughs> and, then, and, then with, and then with Jem, I mean, I'm in this rust jacket, right? With the horse jumper underneath and another polo neck and now we're going into a dance sequence and i'm just going like okay i'm sh i'm shedding i'm shedding this but what was so apparent about the spell that elaine um the song that she um casts over us is that it's supposed to seduce us right so i played into the scene of going okay i'm, I'm stripping my clothes off like this is happening <laughs> And that, that was improv. That was it that does. was imp that was improv. That was first team rehearsal. And Jem's like, "Love it. Let's yeah, let's do it." Good job. Um, I wish I kind of had stripped that horse jumper too, but it lasts. <laughs> it's <laughs> fine. We've heard a lot about the horse jumpers. So. <laughs> oh my god! The horse jumper. <laughs> you did okay, because yeah, she was like. I know you said sophisticated, but this is just so, this is your color and it's so cute. It's still tally. We need the shiny tally. So I was like, okay, fine. You know, didn't, didn't think I'd be wearing it for four episodes, but hey, 
um <laughs> like still got a new wardrobe like freaking every every episode i was just looking at amalia going i want a new <laughs> i want to change why isn't my character changing can i have a leather jacket too <laughs> yeah right <gasps> i almost did but yeah Scylla's character is, you know, she's got the um, stakes on the leather jacket and the cute crops. That's and, true. Ah, ah, the cute crops. Well, um, I had to make her as gay as possible this season. I got the jumpsuit, which I was, I was, I was not crying about. I was just like, I'm going to be purchasing this jacket. Uh, I mean, this jumpsuit, and I'm going to be taking that and this and this. Um, I'm very happy. I'm a proud owner of one of Scylla's, uh, um, actually, no, two of her belts and nice. her boots, like beautiful, proper nice. leather boots. I feel like a total rock star in them, uh, you know, just accessing my necro. Um, <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Tally Stark, right? No. But I want to say, so ep, ep, both ep eight and ep three gems episodes. And I was doing a pickup with David for ep eight, I believe. Maybe I'm confusing it. Was it seven? I can't remember. It must have been seven. <clears throat> because I know David was directing for that scene between Blin and I. But I know Ep3, Ep8 was with Jem, and there was so much humor um, in both of those episodes between Lynn and I. There was, a, there was a line that was cut out, unfortunately, where I lean over and I ask her to dance, which was part of the stripping and the swiveling and the whole seduction. And there was other lines in Ep8 <laughs> where, oh man, what was the line? Lynn and I were just talking about it. We are like, no, they got it. <sighs> uh, we got to talk to Lynn at some point. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. The, 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 oh man, I can't believe it. She just reminded me now. You know, something about an ice. Oh, that's it. She's like, we're staring at this uh, this ice wall that we have to now like wind strike. But like if we wind strike it, the cave might collapse. And so she like cheekily looks at me and she's like, "What? You didn't bring your ice pick?" And I'm like, "Stop it! Stop! Stop!" <laughs> and literally, I'm just like, "Be serious!" <laughs> such a genuine great moment and i just ah uh, it was so good it was so great um so we were sad to see those moments not make it into the final cut and we still want to know why jem tell us why <laughs> <laughs> i think a lot of people would ask that question it, but you know it, it might not be it might not be the director it might also be the studio there's a hundred you know there's a hundred decisions that we're not privy to and and so that's also what like is so um exciting but also like nerve-wracking to 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 mm -hmm. be in the audience seat after being so enmeshed in the process of making something um and then having to just surrender and it being a product now that really doesn't belong to you anymore it belongs to everyone else so it's, it's always yeah I, and this is also what i find it's for me 
such a rewarding thing to have the live tweets and um, these chats afterwards to really process everything and to see like what the sh did, how, how did Hemingway say was it Hemingway um, somebody said you've got the the script that is written you know got the thing that is the films you've got the show that is edited and then you've got the show that is watched and they all it's like four different skins that and evolution that happen um so yeah it's just really interesting what it becomes you never know until you're sharing it with somebody and you're going you're listening to the reactions and you're having a reaction to it that's totally um outside of the actor watching and curating their own work you're really just being immersed in the story which is i think it speaks for itself i think that's what makes this show uh unlike anything i've i've worked on before because i can watch it as an audience member that's awesome yes um we're gonna jump a lot further down <laughs> jump we're going to go to what Theora has called now Caitlin's research corner, where we see how accurate the internet is. And <laughs> I have been waiting to ask you this question for so long. Okay. Go for it. I found something from quite a while ago. Yes. And I see that you were credited as on a short article that studied Egyptian geese. Yes. It, so can it you was tell my, us about that? <laughs> it was my thesis. Well, it wasn't a thesis. It was a biology. It was a biology paper that I had to write mm -hmm. on Egyptian geese. And I met, I, I met this guy who had spent basically most of his life studying them. <laughs> and <laughs> my parents live on a, on a, on a, on a wine estate, but also a golf course. And there was a infestation. I use that mm -hmm. word of Egyptian geese. It had become a problem. And um, the residents were kind of like, do we cull them? Like, what do we do? And it was just fascinating to like team up with a scientist researcher who, who knew so much about why the environment of a golf course is so um, perfect for them. They're breeding grounds. So, you know, this was just uh, nature doing its thing. And there's a lack of uh, predators on golf courses, but in, in, in South Africa, we have cats like caracals, wild cats. And um, we, we started to see them, um, or at least I, I know that there was a family with, with some babies as well, baby caracals that were hunting the geese and the guinea file and the hardy does, which are all birds. Um, in South Africa. So yeah, I just, that was why my, my name was attached because I worked with somebody who could give my paper actual credit. And, and then he was like, we could get this published. Would mm -hmm. you be okay with that? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> this is for high school. I'm not thinking beyond anything, but I, I did. I love that. That is so random, Caitlin. I love it. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, and I can't even remember his name. Like I'm shocked. I, I have not she thought can. about that. <laughs> she pulled it for you. I, I will. Know for, I have. I know I've read the article. I, 
I still have that paper as well. I still have yeah. it. I still kept you it. I, do, I did. That's awesome. Yeah. It's been such a thing among all three, like all three of us, to, <laughs> like just kind of like joke about it. And then I made like an edit and it's now like the background of our WhatsApp chat of an Egyptian goose. <laughs> um, his name it is Rob M. Little. Rob. Thanks, Rob. It was such, it was, it was a really um, stressful time in my, in my life, high school, just school in general <laughs> and having, having um, really generous people like him. Um, I also worked with somebody who knew a lot about meerkats and elef African elephants. Yeah. Yeah. School. Just, I love, I, but I did love that my mom thanks to my brilliant mother was always encouraging me to like reach out to the people who had actually spent substantial time um, researching and yeah. And see if any of them got back to me. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was really random that I found that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, it was cool though. Um, <clears throat> but I've forgotten we're... a lot about the Egyptian geese. A lot. I would say, oh yeah, I know, I know tons of interesting facts, and I've just forgotten all outside of the fact that a, a, a golf course, if you've got ponds and uh, beautiful green grasses, that is ideal for the Egyptian geese. <laughs> so if you want an Egyptian geese at home, just get a nice now golf you know course. Get, now you, you know what the it. perfect place to keep them is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so we kind of want to go to this really quick and touch on it. Uh, you're an ambassador for the Smiling One Foundation and launched the yes. Smiles for Change fundraiser a few weeks ago. Can you tell us a little more about the charity and what the goal is for the money that's raised? Of course. So this is a organization, non-profit organization, South African-based, founded by my friend and facilitator, Karina Anderson. And I met Karina back in, so I want to say 2009, because her son and my brother are best friends. And um, I remember meeting Karina first time at, she came over to collect Dan, I think. And I just remember this woman walking barefoot, Danish accent and the silver waterfall hair <laughs> and thinking I just couldn't take my eyes off of her. She had such a presence and I think that's very much integrated into what she brings when she facilitates is this power of presence and um, that feeling that she is totally seeing you again, like, Tally superpower, right? Um, but I had not known what her organization did until I started um, paying her as my private facilitator. Uh, very interested in her awakened leadership program and the responsible individual program, which focuses on really reaching and rising the leader in you and the responsible individual in you and what that looks like. And she has um, an in-depth way of guiding you through this. It's hard to go into any further detail outside of that, but I've been, I was working with her for uh, four years. Um, 
just on me and she changed my life and she helped facilitate how I could facilitate myself in my life because I know that there's going to be storms and how to not only ask for help from people who are like lighthouses but ultimately we're all captaining our own ship so there is no so this is why I don't call her my therapist or life coach because that doesn't that really doesn't do justice to what she does um she is a lighthouse she is somebody who illuminates and when you're feeling respected like this person isn't going to come and uh try and captain your ship for you you get a sense of being given the tools in order to facilitate yourself and i think that's really that's that's has started to be one of the biggest things that i look for when i look for a mentor or somebody to help is that their help doesn't come with strings attached it's not like a dependent the dependency relationship it's not like you're going to need me it's more like they're sharing the tools so that you can go ahead and lead from a self sufficient place and it's all about really de- delving into your own competency and and courage but you are needing facilitation to have conversations sometimes we lack perspective in our lives we can't see the thing because we're too up close on the glass and we're breathing you know and we haven't earned it yet we haven't earned the distance and that's okay um but to realize that there are different seasons and i felt um I felt like I needed facilitation and how to cross thresholds and how to to also create my own rituals around beginnings and endings and how to recognize in me what was evolving and changing. I'd go through um feelings of quite a lot of distress and despair, not knowing how to I knew that I was going to change and it felt invisible i i was trying to point to my friends i'm like so i'm feeling like i'm going through this like really crazy shift but do you guys feel it and i didn't have the vocab to talk about it and that's also something that kuina gives you is this beautiful vocabulary um that really assists with self expression and i go back to going you know just because we can think doesn't know, mean that we know how to think just because we can speak doesn't know doesn't mean that we we know how to articulate ourselves or to how to self express and it's so it's so empowering when you lean into into um Karina's work so that's just on a personal note it took me yeah about all of 3 years to start my curiosity like Tally's just couldn't help it. i just couldn't help but want to know more about how she applies you know what she was giving me in private facilitation into her group facilitation and so she started inviting me to um the prisons um and into the classrooms where she really does all of her seminal work and i didn't know how it could be more impactful but it was because i was just a spectator 
in a lot of ways. I had just the privilege to sit in. Sometimes I would contribute, but most of the time I was so absorbed in what I was hearing. And I was just really deeply listening. And you you learn in a in a in a very different way when you're just there to listen and not to to participate. And and uh I pretty much left the first session that I was able to sit in on going, how can I help? How can I be of any kind of service to your work and what and it became apparent to me that what she does is just is needed in this world and it's seeing individuals who have been who've come from high-risk communities within south africa who've had no resources no support um no one sees them no one believes in them no one wants to meet them no one wants to hold conversation with them um I love how Sorry. passionate you are about this. <laughs> Sorry. It just, it hits, it hits differently because, okay, two things. First is, it, it, it personally in me, um, having come from a place of privilege, right? Having come from a place where I have parents who've supported me and a beautiful family and I've had an education and I've had, um, and I've had the resources that these individuals have not had. However, um, the little Jess, uh, kind of the you know the Jess that sought out Karina to to really, uh, you go into a reparenting of yourself, and I love that word. I I can't remember who who used that word first. I think it was maybe Gloria Steinem in her book, um, I think it's The Revolution Within. Brilliant book, brilliant book. Um, yes. But basically, yeah, how we, we, we spend our lives reparenting ourselves, uh, maturing ourselves. And when I was, uh, I think what made me wanna act, what made me wanna be a storyteller was this feeling of I remember the first time of being seen and I think the wound in me was often I wasn't being seen or I wasn't being understood and it created a lot of distress in me from an early age of wanting to just be seen and to express myself and my dyslexia played a lot in the frustration of not being able to reach others, <laughs> reach others like see me. Um, so seeing these individuals being seen for the first time by Karina, who has spent her life really, what she does, that facilitation, how she can see anyone uh, dropped of judgment doesn't matter what these inmates have done. Doesn't ma matter how how lost these youths are. 
but she sits with them and like anyone doesn't matter who you are you know <laughs> and i i was so moved by that because you can't underestimate how powerful and how radical it is to see somebody and when you get seen for the first time it injects you with this taste of like purpose and meaning and you're like oh oh my gosh is that is that me like do can i it's just very words words are it's hard to explain but that was that was a a one level very moving for me because if if i had to take out what acting has meant to me or all of those teachers who had such a profound impact on me was was that feeling of being seen i would not be who i am and where i am today so you start realizing how powerful just that encounter is it can change somebody's life and you're giving that to them um and then second and it has a lot to do with south africa being my home and my motherland and it's such a beautiful country such beautiful people but there's so much need and to come from a place you know one of the cities reach top 20 most most violent most dangerous places in the world you start wanting to i want to understand how to help that i don't want to i don't want to look away and just be like well that's just a statistic and i guess that's just what it has to be and you know as a woman coming to vancouver for the first time in my life i was 25 and i had had the opportunity to come and study with matthew harrison at the actors foundry for free which was huge you know speak about another mentor who saw me at that moment in time and reached a hand out and i took that hand and it showed me a whole different ceiling and way of 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 life but the most profound thing that hit me in my first days in vancouver was how safe i felt and i actually did not know what that i was walking around in this like in a fugue state going what is this feeling that i'm feeling because i just wanted to cry all the time it became apparent to me that i had not had the privilege of walking as a woman by myself in all my 25 years of life up until that point safety as a right just just feeling really safe in the environment that you're in has a huge impact on how you live and how you create as well your creativity you know um i took i took that home with me wanting to hold on to that feeling and go into understanding how how why south africa is why 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 it's in this space where crime has become this exponential and if there was any help that can be given what what is that help and karina is that help in my mind she what she is doing on an individual level is so is so hectic 
and so transformative. She's giving people a mirror to themselves and going, you have value. You can have a positive impact. It doesn't matter what odds are stacked against you or where you can come from. Um, your story doesn't define you, but we can acknowledge that story and I can see your story and I can honor the path that you're walking. And yeah. So she then made me an ambassador, which I didn't know how to to even accept because I was like, how, how can I take this, this, this badge of honor? But she's like, this is how you can help by wearing this badge. And then I started to, I mean, like very much like Karina, we, we share the common feeling of taking our purpose really seriously. Like when we want to be of service, we, it's, it's, it's all or nothing. So I said to her, I'm going to find a way to, to actively use my platform in some way to help. And I hadn't really engaged with social media much outside of just advertising like a website, you know, my work. Um, and it felt really empowering to finally own um, something deep, private and meaningful to me, um, which has been my relationship with Karina and her work that she does. Um, <clears throat> and to talk about it and to use my platform in a really different way has been um yeah really really profound it's filled me with something different different than i ever thought it would i and in this whole entire fundraiser my gosh i mean that also has come via such an extraordinary like destiny into like something I don't know synchro destiny because the right people at the right time found me they were part of the fandom um but they really just were offering their services as like a we have you know we were moved by this organization and what do you think about doing a fundraiser and I'm just like okay I mean you know getting a small team together people who have full-time jobs and just going to spend their time clanging away for free um it's been something that the generosity of spirit i think karina and i cannot we cannot talk about it enough um how powerful it's been to then have the embrace of the fandom whether it is just artists participating and contributing what they can whether it's a dollar like every bit has made this fundraiser so successful i mean in the first 24 hours we had raised two thousand two thousand dollars and then just shy of our first week we had already reached it so it was like <laughs> unexpected i love that <laughs> um i'm trying to like <laughs> not have a full-on breakdown right now yeah like oh, you crying them. made me and caitlin cry so <laughs> it's but for good reasons <laughs> It's because growing up, I had to rely on so much. Mm. Friends. Sorry, I've done so much crying on this podcast. <laughs> it's great. 
called catharsis. Yeah. Um, anyway. God, no, someone else do the story and I'll add at the end. <laughs> okay. Do the what? The story. You just do Caleb's okay. story. Yeah. So Aww. we're about to launch our merch store for the podcast and we would like to donate our first months to the charity. And also on top of that, we're donating yeah. $250. Um, it's not like an amazing, um, what enough, are you but... talking about? That is so amazing. <laughs> I just, this is, so, this is what I'm talking about. Like I am not even, <laughs> I just really glad that you're advocating. I'm so sorry. I can't get any words out. That's okay, Caitlin. You can... <clears throat> you're, you're beautiful. I just, um, I'm so grateful. Um, I have come to understand that line in our show where we say we are stronger together in a far more deeper way. Like I, I mean, it's it makes for a really cute bumper sticker, right? A lot of the, a lot of what I used to think about social media about it being just like bumper stickers like you are aligning yourself with like charities and movements and groups and i'm just like yeah but how do you have a conversation on these platforms like how do you ever really have like a in-depth conversation because in my opinion you're really breaking ground with somebody when it's just like this like a one-on-one and you're breathing together right you're in real time and you're breathing together. Text has no tone. And hashtags are, for me, just bumper stickers. I'm, I'm just like, they're like flashing. I'm like, okay, cool. But, you know, what do you know about this movement? How active are you? And like, how much skin in the game do you have? Like, um, conversation is, it's really the meat and potatoes of the whole thing. Um, and... I think I got a taste for like the negative side of social media where you just have people screaming in an echo chamber and no one's really listening and there's no conversation. There's just like a stampede of like words of like, yeah, virtue signaling and like, it, yeah, it, yeah it, it gets, it gets really loud in there. And I was so put off by that. And I'm like, okay, well clearly this is just not for me, <clears throat> but, and this is, a huge but this this fundraiser and this show together have totally re-inspired me to look at it in a very different way and you can use platforms to connect and it can be intentional and it can be incredibly um unifying unit unity because yeah you're not you're not being able to do it together and like you just said right you know caitlin you just like meet my family i'm meeting <laughs> i'm meeting theo and brie and you and you've and you've personally told me how um how just finding these people and what they've meant to you they've like totally <laughs> saved your life and changed you right and like what price could you ever put on that and you found them online okay yep. so i'm never ever mm-hmm. gonna be like yeah online is just like freaking cd and like stay away from that because 
you it's really about how you use it and how you see it and if there's one thing that intentional thread has been what this show is anchored in not only me and my co-stars or the all the incredible artists that I got to work with everyone from Amanda Tapping um just incredible artists who are like we love what the story is we love everything that it's saying and the conversations it's going to spark and the catalyst that it it's 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 become and you know, we talk about the community, but the the audience is the reason why this, the show had had a life, a shelf life to begin with, and and had so much to do with the fact that you guys found each other. Like, I was speaking to 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 another artist in our fan community, and they were saying they'd stopped creating, and when they found the show, and then they found the community of artists and how they were then reawakening their love and their courage to, to create because they had the support that they had as an artist me listening to that I was like oh my gosh so whether it's you finding belonging like a family whether it's you finding your creative love again or your compassion or or a sense of connection um you guys have formed this amazing platform and now you and now the merch that you've created you know and now you're helping you're helping my fundraiser which it's just this beautiful self life support system it's just it's so far and beyond just fans of the show like in a way you know talking about a fandom can can sound kind of I don't know. I I, I can't uh, integrate it. It it feels like arm's length, you know, because mm -hmm. you guys have become like community for us. It's not just fans and actors, mm -hmm. you know. It's not that we're at the round table together. We're all at the table together. It's been very different That's than it. any fandom that I've ever been a part of before in that regard, because there was so much interaction and so much sharing between fans and um you guys so that's been huge and that's i think it's come from both sides but it's i think it was a case of the right people in the right place at the right time and well that's then, how the that's how the cast and crew felt um you know when i met Tay, ash amalia Demetria, lynn I was like, I could not believe how the, the sense, the sense of it was like, where have you been all my life? And having, having women in particular for me, um, who were so supportive of each other and so transparent with each other. And there was a real lack of competitiveness and, um, pettiness or petty. Yeah. Competitiveness. But I do think woman on woman, like we were, we were, I mean, We've shared this so much, but also the symbol of the witch and what it meant is like, you know, women awakening in them their power and stepping into that and feeling like they can be embraced when they're at their best, you know, no, no jealousy, uh, backstabbing, 
a lot of my co-stars had had terrible relationships with women. In fact, we'd actually, I think we all had really confessed that we had predominantly had more successful male friends um, than female friends. And we thought that was quite an interesting common ground. And then being enveloped in these conversations, we all kind of fell in love with each other and we found immense healing. And now my women friends have become like just another huge force in my life. Like something that I really had lacked. Um, because yeah, I hadn't really, I hadn't really found that embrace of sisterhood. Right. <laughs> and, and it was really an, only until, yeah, that pilot and then shooting season one and then two and then three that I was being raised with these women who were at different, you know, demarcations in their life. They come from different backgrounds. And yet I was seeing this evolution from within happening to all of them. And that was just mirrored in the conversations that we were courageous enough to have. And it does, it takes a lot of courage to go, you know, I don't know, and I'm figuring it out. And this is where I'm at. And, and where, where, where are you? Where do I find you now? It's so important to be able to have touchstones and people who you can just really talk to. Um, yeah, and who can celebrate you. Um, and you can sit with you when, when, when the going gets tough, because, you know, it's not about making things okay. When you can say, I don't, I'm not okay. And you're holding both. You're always holding both. You're okay. And you're not okay. But when you're wanting, and when you're needing that recognition to just to reach towards another human being, another beating heart and be like, I'm hurting today. And this is why. And you know, the other person sitting next to you can just sit and hold and facilitate silence and that be all that's ever needed. It's, it's profound. I think often we look at, we have an idea of what help looks like and that's like putting the other person on our back and carrying them over the line. In Karina's work, I've come to realize that that is no, that is, that is, you have no authority there. You're not, you cannot save another person's life. You can, Really, it has to start with you saving your own and knowing how how that inherently leads to you being the person who people gravitate towards. And, and they go, how did you help yourself through the hard times? And they're able to have that introspection and be like, okay, now I can better facilitate myself. So it's a really... Yeah, I mean, Karina always comes back to that verse about, you know, you give a man a rod no you give a man a fish and you feed him for a day but you give you teach a man to fish and you and you can and he can feed himself for a lifetime so that idea of really equipping somebody with the tools going like no you you've got this you have this and if you don't i'm going to sit right here right next to you and we can just breathe together and and i can share I can share that moment with you and you don't have to feel like you're in this alone because I've been in those woods and we all go through that moment. And this, and this moment is, is beautiful. It's human. It doesn't need to be fixed.
So. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for sharing all of that today. We're basically about out of time for your next uh, engagement. So we just wanted to thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk to us and sharing all your passions and feelings about everything. We really appreciate it and got a lot out of this today. So you guys you. are so, yes. so beautiful, so generous. I, I can't thank you enough for your, your contribution um, and your collaboration towards the fundraiser. It's so... You know, I, and that and that was one of the notes that Karina and I had when we went into this fundraiser that it's not ours, it's really everyone's or everyone who wants to be involved. And um, yeah, you have no idea what it's going to do to so many people and what it's going to mean. And I think you, I think, and then and then I say I think you do because I know that you found that feeling in each other. So. Um, from me to you, I see you, I honor you, I thank you so much for your time and your questions and your love and your support and it's just been, it's been an honor. Thank you. And thank you. All right. For everybody listening at home, a big thank you to Jessica. If you want to donate to the foundation, we will put information in our description and we will see you guys next time. Oh, Everyone. yes. Next time, please. Another date. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because we have so many questions we didn't get to do. So many. Well, if you want to, you know what? I, I don't, I don't. I'm going to stop recording. Okay? Yeah, stop recording. <laughs> don't, Bye, don't, don't stop. Don't stop oh. recording. <laughs> Caitlin, I want to hug you right now. <laughs> okay. Right. We're recording. Okay. We're back. We're back. <laughs> um, my next engagement is is at twelve, and I feel so. I mean, yeah, I was. I, I I'm I'm so happy to just keep rolling into. So if you got some questions, you ask you ask them, and then I'll. Now that I'm a mess. I'll get. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, okay. What we wanted to do is we on our podcast we we like to do this the would you rather's because oh, yes, I don't know yes, that's yes. like our thing. Yes. So let me bring them up and then we can. Well, I. It got real soft and deep there. And it was so beautiful um, when conversations take you. This is it. This is the power of conversation. It takes it really you is. Out, to, out into the depths, you know, and it doesn't feel safe and it doesn't feel great because you're just vulnerable and you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're definitely breaking open. That's how it feels. But there is just so much love and change um, and significance in going where you need to go, not necessarily where you want to go, and to step out of your comfort zone. And, um, yeah, those, if there's one thing Karina's taught me, it's like we have to keep our facilitation of ourselves the way that we can show compassion patience kindness towards others is exactly limited to how much we can show it to ourselves and in that way i was just like wait what mind <laughs> it blown. starts with you At, yeah because you're, you're, even if you think like you know have you how many times do you give the advice to your friend right you can see they're like barreling down the thing and you're like okay i know you i know your pattern okay i'm going to try and speak into this be the insight um but while you're saying this advice it's like you're saying the advice you're so wishing to actually absorb and take yourself right mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Right? Like, it's really funny. You're kind of going like, wow. You start kind of feeling a little bit like there's a, like there's a hypocr- hypocrisy there. But it's yeah, de- absolutely. It's definitely a human thing. And I do think that we all have our blind spots. And it's really for each other to... The most noble friendship is the friendship that can be honest um, but kind. So, you you know, you kind of got that beautiful equilibrium between being able to say, hey, I'm going to point to something that you might not be aware of, um, that you might not like me to hear, but this is going to come from such a place of love and... And I expect you to do the same for me. You know, you kind of just keep your friendships honest and and helpful, <laughs> like helpful to to to, to who you're going to be coming. And um, yeah, having having gone through high school, and I was so confused. I had so many friends who were not like real friends. They were kind of. Like they were the crowd that I wanted to be seen with, and then, and then I had a I had a friend who I kind of wanted to be like, and it got really confusing. And 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 this is it. Like in those in those early teen early twenties, you're really figuring out a lot. So I'm finally at a place where I'm just like I now know what my checklist is when I'm going. Oh, I like with this person. You know, this person can hold mm-hmm. sight. And that's really important. So I know you guys have found that in each other, and it's just beautiful to 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 acknowledge that. Absolutely. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. It's because <laughs> it... I'm such a crybaby. No, <laughs> no you're not. Listen, you're so you have big emotions, and sleeve. big emotions. Yeah, and you're and, our tally. Yeah, and, basically. Yes, yes. and. And when you're feeling, and when you're feeling like, you know, I think what made what made me cry back there is that sometimes it just you pluck a chord, right? And something just vibe, like vibrates in you, and and often it is where we're really accessing the kid in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I just got teleported back to being the Jess in front of in front of a teacher. And I was, and I just felt desperately, like, invisible. I felt desperately invisible. And I think if you've ever felt desperately invisible or desperately alone and lonely, if you've ever had just one excruciating moment, it can be a moment, it doesn't have to be anything bigger than that. And you really go back to that. And then you, and then in the context to where you're sitting now, which whole and held and 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 loved and supported you're just you're just uh, yeah you're just open you're just in that beautiful flow i'd be nothing right now without these two i don't know about that but (laughs) i'm uh always happy to be here for you (laughs) um but Mm. so we have one one (laughs) <laughs> we had one poll question that we that we asked we've asked okay <laughs> so the first person we asked this was taylor and her her reaction was priceless and then we put it in the poll and now we're gonna ask you would you rather get the sex talk from anacostia or alder <laughs> that was taylor's reaction too <laughs> that was her reaction too <laughs> <laughs> 
like I would say. Um, There's no right answer. It's interesting. It's really interesting because I, I okay. I feel. Oh no! I. I, I feel like. What, I feel like both or neither. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel ways about it. Yeah. I mean, I do find it quite funny, though, to think about how Italian Anacostia would have that, like, how that whole yes. conversation would go And then also how, how that conversation with Aldo would go down. That's why I was laughing thinking about this answer, because, like, this is more stakes with this Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Would it would it lead would it lead a demonstration? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that took a little Honestly. bit of process. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> that's that's I love you. Answer. I love you, Jess. <laughs> um yeah. They would have different approaches, let's say, to that. <laughs> yeah, they would, uh, depending on, yeah. So, in general. I think we could safely say we know the answer to that one. Yeah, but, and um, it was... It was so 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 interesting when I when when I'd become a biddy, right? And then I started season two as a biddy, and, like, learning what they can pick up. It's mm -hmm. like, when, when, when Alder has sex, you know, they, they're orgasming, um... When she hurts themselves, they're injured. Um, they're carrying. They're that connect. Like we are connected. Um, <clears throat> it's very much like merge, yeah. right? So of the minds, we already have the thing. You know, <laughs> we. <laughs> it's, and there uh, you go. Merged. Um, Interesting to yeah to like I mean this is why so it's so beautiful the world and the characters and and uh, I yeah I already I already miss it I already miss it like it's another home that I could go to um just every season there was more complexity that Elliot added um of where the characters were gonna go but also what how they to awakening our purpose and the greater part like it was all just so epic sorry i'm not i'm still like i'm like half crying but laughing <coughs> i totally understand <laughs> yes we we get you okay next question would i rush yes. um Thee, do you want to okay, take yes. it or Bree, you want to continue do you want to take just it go, Bree, you just want me to go, go on Bree. okay yeah, you got it would you rather be stuck between rael and Scylla or adil and abigail when they're in an amorous mood like say you're like it i don't know in a back seat or something and you're stuck between the couple ray and so yeah i feel like uh, yeah i don't i mean again it's also yeah yeah ray and Scylla. yeah good good answer you don't want to be stuck yeah, between I mean, Dwight and shelby yeah, yeah. I don't want to be stuck between Dwight well, and Shelby. Hey, hey, now that's a that's that's a different that's a different, that's a different question, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh, Dwight and Shelby, that's... didn't you? No, no. What? <laughs> okay, now, if it's if it's Dwight and Shelby, then I'll take Dwight and Shelby. But <laughs> that would be entertaining, at least. Uh oh. Uh oh. She went bye bye. bye.
Huh? You're back. That was a call coming in, and I have no idea what that was. So I'm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, would you rather be stuck in the ice cave, aka the cave of wonders, is what we've called it, the Talder Cave of Wonders? Ice cave. Forever <laughs> with silver or Hurst? Hurst. Bob and I could get on very, very well. Yeah, yeah. And awesome. I, actually, I actually think Tally would probably facilitate him. Mm-hmm. There. Um, yes, good point. I think Hurst just needs a good influence in his life. Seriously. I think there's some there's something that happened with him and his sister oh, that yeah. he definitely oh, yeah. needs yeah. best. Like, I feel very, like... And his parents. Incest vibes. I yeah. got that. It's so creepy. Yeah, it's really, yes, yeah. I got mm-hmm. that, too. It's weird. Six, it's weird. six little siblings, and I just feel like you know it could be facilitated and it, and if worse comes down to worse um you know francisca could always you know we the wise witch and you know as one would be like we wouldn't be alone like yeah. there is the yeah. ice like witch right there so i'd be like hey babes do me a favor <laughs> freeze this freeze him, freeze him. <laughs> there you go just freeze this guy That's a good point I feel like you'd have to do that with Silver so you didn't have to talk to him. Yeah, like immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as AKA the other one, I'm going to give Victor a little bit, a little, little, (laughs) he's the last cause. There you go. Unforgivable. Um, No, I mean, yeah, sure. Talk about like biblical sacrificing your kid, you know? Literally, Literally, yes. Yeah, that just broke. That broke me. It's like a Greek myth yeah. all over again. Uh, also, <laughs> pretending like, like you didn't, like you didn't, it wasn't, you didn't go along with it. Or you were forced to. Like, I I have a feeling like, they're, they're, they're like, okay, so we don't get to see any of Alban's humanity. But, you know then the character doesn't become three-dimensional. So I feel like if if it was Elbin and I just in an ice cave, there would be a three-dimensional component, you know, outside of his wacky humor. Because his humor, there's something, yeah. there's, something, there's something delightfully offbeat. Like, even though he's, you know, you just want to write him off as total evil. Again, like, our show also challenges this. It's like... Is there is is anyone ever really just written off as just freaking evil? And um, what does it take to meet them at the threshold of going like, I want to understand you? Mm-hmm. I mean, look where look where Scylla resurrected herself from. Look at Nicta. I mean, we got really questionable characters who are like the loves of our show, right? And I do think there's something to be said that everyone loves the underdog because we all can relate. Like there's something in us that we either want to orphan and like eject and be like, yeah, I could, I'm, I can't relate, but you're des- you are relating. And I think that's the beautiful part is that we are everything. Um, and then we have the choice and we have a choice of what we're going to, give to the world and what we're going to be in it and that's where the power lies but um you always have that choice and what are you choosing between you know the light and the shadow 
so yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would uh, say Elvin and Ice Cave. I'll take. I'll I take love that. it. I love it. Best, best answer. Um, would you rather get slapped by President Wade or when struck by Hearst? Smacked by President Wade, just because, like, just Shirley Ralph. Yes. She yes. Gave you an iconic line. I watched that, by the way. Every <laughs> single take, I watched that because it was oh, so yes. good. I mean, it was the best. I'm like, that is the best line in our entire, yes, in our entire seasons, all of the seasons. Yeah, agreed. Check my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so, <good. laughs> so good. And I think so good. It would kind of be an honor to be like, bitch. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. And I, I would like. I would whip back and I'd be like, thank do you. It do it again. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, ma'am. May I have another? More, please. I want some more. That's exactly it. Okay. Last one. Would you rather have to be in character as Tally for the rest of your life or only play yourself in roles for the rest of your life? Bree's brain. Well, okay, so that's interesting because I'm I I do feel like I'm mercurial, like I'm constantly changing. Jess is she's always becoming. So I do feel like I would be trapped more playing an idea of a character because she really is she as as much as she's a part of me, she is from somebody else's imagination. And as much as I want to take credit for <laughs> creating her, I didn't. And so I would feel like there would be a there would be a stuckness there as to like how to continue her journey. Where Jess, I hold the pen. Somebody else pen tally, I hold the pen. So I would choose Jess. That's a great answer. That's an amazing answer. And that's why my head was like, this would be an interesting question. Great question. Great question. Brie has such great questions. I love her brain. Well, I've, I've been loving all the questions. Well, I'm still smart. we have to have <laughs> you back smart. again at some point so we can yeah. ask all the questions ever. <laughs> we just, because you're we too, have more. Just this is too super interesting to yeah for once off this is gonna be like a life this is like like a lifelong conversation yes, it's a lifelong listen because just talking to you has made me feel better today so oh guys well this has just been very wholesome so i feel the same way i feel just like the world is a great place that just good overcomes bad all of the good i just had a really just, bad day yesterday at work and it's kind of carried over because I work in surgery and we just had a really bad day. Right. And now I'm like, I feel better. Like cleansed. <laughs> I also, I, did, I, was, I was having a low ebb day, not really feeling in my energy. And I was even thinking this morning, I'm like, oh gosh, am I going to be able to hold a conversation? Will I even be articulate? You know, you kind of have those like great, perfect timing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this has just busted me wide open. And I feel like I could just. I'm like at coffee with you guys. Just yes. So we'll be in Vancouver. Uh, we'll just <laughs> hang out. <laughs> well, when you guys joke, but um, um, yeah, whenever you are, please let me know because we can then meet up in my friend's podcast room studio and we could actually do this in person. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah
That would be so fun. fun. No, but yeah. we actually do plan to come up. Like that wasn't a joke. Like we do I, no, 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 come up. We just it. had Ange on for a discussion episode, and I cried for fifteen minutes. Woo! Yes, yes. we had therapy. We, we had, had therapy, therapy with, with Ange. Ange and now we had therapy with Olivia, and now we're having therapy with Jess. I mean, we talked to Olivia and for Liv- four hours. Yeah, gosh, I just, I just have no. So she told me, and I was like, "Shit, Liv." <laughs> yeah that's a lifetime and she's like yeah uh-huh i have to say i've got so many words about her and candace but live live has come into my life like a supernova and it's just been one of those women who like from day one we like looked at each other and we just knew i'm like I can't actually be cool around you because I just feel so drawn to you and who you are as a person. We just dived into the deep end of love. And um, we both share the love language of just touch. So we're just always like hugging each other or touching each other's faces. Um, <laughs> we tried to do that with Ash. <laughs> Kay and I tried to do that with Ash. Um by licking her face, which I think is one way to try it. Yeah. Yeah. We just dove right in, we, just, we just dove right into it. We we're just like, right. we're going to like own her. All or nothing. As you do. I lick and you, I own you. And she just like wheeled. She was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as you would, you know. Mm-hmm. If I like reenact like the Lion King or something, I was like, <laughs> Nala licking her face. <laughs> I don't know what this she, must have, she must have thought that she she must have thought like what the fuck. Is <laughs> oh, was this the first day you met her? <laughs> but it was, it was it was pretty much for a second. I mean, we were not you know forty eight hours into knowing each other. Yeah, but then, <laughs> but then we did establish like because I think Tay, Tay, myself, and 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 Ash, we do ground ourselves into, um, into like the work whenever we have to connect because a three hander is really hard. It's like a energy yeah. wise, it's like bam, 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 and you can always tell if there's just something not working in the scene because you can actually feel it. You can, and you're like, oh, is it me? Am I not? Am I dropping my cues? Um, but what always worked for us, thanks to the brilliant Deb Dowski, my acting coach, she helped, She got us to hold hands. And it wasn't even about saying anything. It was, again, just about that connection, you know, and looking into each other's eyes, real soft and open-like, and then you're just grounding into that. And there was just always something that just swelled in such tenderness. And that was all we ever needed for any scene, Um and that was, yeah, I, I'm going to miss that so much to just be able to have that shorthand that we, that we earned with each other. Um, probably going to try whatever co-stars I go on to have next, encourage going, hi guys. So I thought you were going to be like, lick their face. I'm lick like, their face. <laughs> face. Gonna like, now? <laughs> just dive right in. <laughs> Previous show, my co-stars and I used to have this love language. <laughs> we reenact the Lion King. I do have to Tally say... Gonna- I hope you and Liv do something together in the future. Yes. I feel like you guys are so yes. similar. Just talking yes. to her for the first time reminded me of talking to you for the first time. I'm like, there's so, so much similar, and I love talking to both of you. 
We are. Oh, like a buddy comedy. Yes. I think that we, would be fun. Would well, be fun. we are going to be, we're going to be doing something for, be doing something, but I think something. we're going to be doing, we're going to, you know, we, something. That's great. We're going to we have we have a lot of work to do in our future, Love and I. Good. Yes. I love We're that. Jess and Liv star in something. Something. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you the do Lion this, King. you'll both have to come on the podcast and just talk. And I mean, we'll try not to keep you for four hours this time. I felt so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but Liv kept gave us, us for four it, hours. Yeah, we did honest. the tour of her Airbnb. It was, it was mutual. <laughs> a lot happened. In your defense, I can also see... Um, how four hours could just fly like already an hour and a half has just gone by so i mean it just means that you guys are a pleasure to talk to you uh-huh. that means a lot ah, that is really mutual does. that's a huge that's really huge like because we always want everyone to be comfortable here it's such an honor like when people are yeah. like this was like the most comfortable i felt and i'm like yes we did our job who said that to us was that emily, emily. yeah it was emily emily said that to us i forgot she was, she was, the, I'm so glad that I was her. right next to her for the finale tweet. The woman was cackling over yes. the tackle scene. And I couldn't, I was just like, well, I, I'm new to oh. all, like live videoing, tweeting and, and um, the, the Twitter space as well. Like all of these things that you, know, that you can even do. So there I was just pressing record while she was cackling. It just was so <laughs> A great behind the scene moment and then luke trying to like mimic what he was <laughs> his seed that he was singing in the and i'm like ah. Amazing. I, I love my co-stars they're just they're some of the best people on the planet they are did you get to see the lesbian jesus card that uh we sent to no, because we, we, okay, listen, from the very beginning of the podcast, Theora has had a, a thing about how Rael is lesbian Jesus for a multitude of reasons. One being like the allegory of, of Jesus, the, the light, the golden light that follows her around. It's kind of lying on like an Aslan. Yes. Exactly. Literally that was glowing. Resur- right. The chosen yeah. one. The I, chosen one. Yeah. The healing. Oh. By the way, Christian prayers. Uh, I think so. That's why our tagline is "Hydrate for Lesbian Jesus." Belizu is Zina Yese Uvu. That's Hydrate for Lesbian is it, Jesus. That's what it is in Minnesota. Really? David and Jesse. Because Jesse and David translated it for us. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, that will also be in our store. Half of mother land, uh, mother tongue. That's what I've been wanting. I want to be able to translate that. That's kind of actually, yeah. There's a there's a cap that I wanted to write on Instagram just in mother tongue. Uh, have that being transcribed would be really cool. Like that was, I feel like Elliot had a whole lot up more that he wanted to do like that. Like oh, yeah. from books to comics to apps, yeah. I hope we get that in the future. Yeah, why not, right? Like, the language mm-hmm. is there, it's created, so... There's a whole dictionary they have. Yeah. <laughs> that he, posts, really done. he posts all the lines to uh, archive of our own, too, which I think is so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. available. <clears throat> in um, addition to the podcast that they did. Yeah. But, or the... I have to... Um, My bladder is 
Is yeah. a, is a... Oh, yeah. oh my please god, go. please tell us! Please go. <laughs> my back size of a walnut. And I need to go again. Um, but I, I wanted to say, is there one last question, one last sweet pea of a question that you have for me? So we can end this on me not going, I need to go pee. <laughs> <laughs> we will cut that enough. out, don't worry. <laughs> Caitlin, you pick Caitlin, one. Pick one. <laughs> oh no! Okay. <laughs> the... What? <laughs> She was um, chanting your name. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, man, shit. I don't know. How are you? How is Tally so adorable? <laughs> Maybe that's like the jazz actor. Yeah. <laughs> I well, think it is. I was about to say, how are you? Is so adorable, so. <laughs> there you go. My entire life. This is why I said to Tracy, war- uh, wardrobe Tracy, why I'm very triggered by the word cute. And I was trying to, t- you know, tell tell her um, that I want to be sophisticated, and that is not the same as cute. That is matured cuteness, maybe, but it's matured, mm-hmm. and um, and that's why the resistance to the unicorn, the unicorn slash horse jersey. So I I do think it's adjusting. I think the dimple doesn't help. The dimple's adorable. <laughs> I'm sorry, it doesn't. Like also, I'm also like just forehead and like eyes, um, and then there's like a hole in my cheek, and I can't help but smile a lot because just generally so stoked to be alive. <laughs> hey, being That's alive great. is an accomplishment sometimes. Yeah. Every I walk into every room and I'm just like, life is a trip. This is trip, and. I can either cry or laugh right now, and I can do both. Like you know, like you, Caitlin. I'm just like wide open. Thank I'm you. wide. Open. I'm wide open. You know, you're wearing life so close to the vest that you're just like. You can I'm... say anything right now. It'd be a toss up between crying and laughing, <laughs> so, so, or laughing both. So not. So, so not to blow my own horn there, but I think cuteness has been a compliment that I've been given. By many people but I have not taken as a compliment until recently um and I think it's come back to being in you know I've embraced my dimple for one um it took me a minute there I was so I I used to try and sit like this in school to just try I have two and one went out because it's a skin deformity not many people know that and basically it's just the skin that sticks to muscle that's what a dimple is um so this one unstuck and then I had just this one and it just got like deeper and deeper and deeper. <laughs> it's overcompensating for the other one. <laughs> that it was like getting deeper the more muscle the more smile muscle that I thought. But I, I just like you know this is ridiculous. I'm not living my life not smiling and I'm gonna just like embrace all my all all my ness. Um and yeah, I'm so much better for it. Like, I guess that's what a joy is getting into your earlier 20s, 30s. You're just going like, you know, you're cutting yourself so much slack. You're able to just really own yourself in a very different way. And it's not like, fuck you, you know. Boom. It's like authentic, you know. Yeah. I am who I am. And I think one of the things that have been, that are the, the most attractive to me that turned me on the most about anyone that I see is that self-possession. You know, they 
and I and I do I love that because the person who has the power power in themselves never has to announce it, never has to declare it, never has to say it. They just are it. And um, you know, people like Lynn, Demetria, Amanda Tapping, they just walk into a room and everyone is everyone's gets quiet just because their level of self-respect and their level of respect respecting others you know it's just this beautiful um aura they give out and then you, it's just contagious so everyone just kind of gets silent on their uh by themselves and just look it well oh, how, how do we get close to that lead us lead us <laughs> <You know? laughs> but i was always just saying like oh man what i want to grow into is that that ability to just you know, back yourself, trust yourself, help yourself, know thyself, mm-hmm. good um, things, good things into. I just want to tell you that I admire your respect for life and your time so much. Like, you really do value your time. And I've seen that through a couple of things. And I just, I've just, I respect it so much. And I want to get to that point in life. I'm like, why can't I do stuff like that? Like, why can't I be like, no, I can't do that right now. Oh, you will, you will, you will learn that discernment. It comes, it comes. I mean, I, I, I continuously gain it and then lose it. Like, I think it's a thing that we forget and then we remember and then we forget. And this is just being human. I don't think it's a thing that we actually ever arrive at and go, cool, this is a fixture. I think confidence is something you work on. I think, I think um, charisma is something that you can practice. Like it's, it's just about understanding what it is and, and what traits really you want to cultivate in yourself. You've told me that confidence is faked until it's earned. Yeah, faked until it's earned. It's so true. Bye, Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. Hi. And, and I'll never forget how incredible you, you were at the QFX. You know, you really struck me as a mutual compliment here. I, I, say, I say this like, you know, you were running around trying to just trying to make all the decisions as smooth as possible. I was virtually attending this 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 convention, which must have been chaos on every front. And you know, I said this to to um, your manager, but like I, I having just the insight of what it is to be on set with four hundred people and everyone's trying to work towards one common goal. It is crazy what that is. It's a circus. And um, no one is necessarily seeing the flurry and fluster. Um, Except um, the people watching me run around the entire building, but. (laughs) But you know what? It also shows how committed you are and how much you cared. And I think when you care, you let things under your skin. And it's a beautiful thing to do is to let things under your skin. I, I said that in the last interview that I had. And it became apparent to me that I apologized a lot for that. I apologized for caring too much, for being so enthusiastic, for being so keen, so being so um, like overly prepared. And, you know, to a point, like sometimes my own detriment, like I get too precious about arts or too controlling about me working in a group because I want everyone to bring their best and I have an idea of what my best looks like compared to your best so I become a little bit of a bully and you know I I started to realize like who I am 
and why I'm why I do what I do and um, and what's helpful and what's hurtful and just really getting a little bit more mindful every day as to what what is more helpful um but energy respect and and time respect is something karina taught me and i guess that ending on that on that note is perfect because when i came to karina i i didn't have boundaries i really lacked discernment i lacked self-trust as well which in in a crucial crippling kind of way like no one could have known that but I really, I would give my power away to people because I just didn't trust myself to make the decision for me. I would just be like, well, what do you think? And I would do it so easily and it was so habitual. And I'm like, how do people change? If if I've created these habits and I understand why I've created them, okay, knowledge is power, but it only takes me to a certain point. Now, how do I invite a new way in? How can I, how can I invite a new way in of being? And then she's like, "Well, that's where the work is, and and let me let me let me sit, you know, I set the classroom for you, and let me show you um, my work, and let's see if we can find a new way in." And yeah, I think that allowed me to see what I was lacking and go, "Oh, I can cultivate this. This is possible," you know. So it's. It's been really radical from that point of view. And um, you can find that help from all kinds of, in all kinds of ways. But for me, fun- fundamentally, that came from Karina. Still does. I know I say this a lot, but I love you, Jess, and you've, you helped me love so much more than you know. God damn it, I'm going to cry again. You got it, Caitlin. You got this. Yeah, so just. I believe in you. You've, you've helped me a lot, and I just thank you. I hope you're going to those acting classes too. <laughs> Please, you know what I really say? Everyone should just enroll in, in, in the purpose of play because there is something about what actors do, which is so, I mean, guys, we have like the greatest jobs in the world. I mean, part of it is terrifying. But the other part is really, really fun. And I think, yeah, you gain your courage when you step up and you go into, you know, just uh, stepping into somebody else's skin for a bit. And even if it's not to be an actor, just, just for the fun of it, um, it, will, it will stretch your humanity and, and um, you'll meet some really interesting people as well. Like the people who, act, who come to acting classes are always, for me, I'm just going, this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> like a bunch of misfits, right? And Yeah. I don't know. Like the acting class has always somehow been a, a safe space for me because you can experiment and you can fall flat on your face. And that's the point because you can just kind of spring up, go, okay, that didn't feel great. And everyone like kind of clap <laughs> in like consolidation, you know, like cool participation counts. Um, but yeah, there's no pressure really because you, unless it's self-induced, and if it is, if you've got a crippling self, I mean, I, I also self-pressure has been such a huge thing for me, health-wise. Like, I had to start going. I cannot be this hard on myself. I cannot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die young if I, if I keep my stress levels at, at this like fight or flight mentality. I, I need to like learn to breathe simulate my vagus nerve and 
um, get into my parasympathetic nervous system. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> bring, I have to bring my heart rate down. <laughs> I had a wellness coach that actually went through that with me because that was her specialty. And it's so true. If you, so if you're a person that has anxiety, uh, or an anxiety disorder, like I do, it's like, or I like, it's all stems from the ADHD, but it's like, you're always there. Like, yeah, no. And you gotta, you see, you gotta parent yourself back into another. Mm -hmm. I think we'd write it off too easy. Oh, you know, we, you know, we're just a person who's highly strung and therefore I will always be highly strung. Um, but that's an agreement that you're like abiding to and you can totally, I, you know, my mom has always said you can always change. You know, it's it's really a question of, of courage. And I think a lot of people feel more comfortable in a certainty and in a crystallization than they are in going, okay, what does evolution in me look like? So... Ending on that note. Yeah. Yes. I was about to say, like, uh, I could talk to you forever about this, but got it. The folder discord awaits. And I I just appreciate so much of your time and your thoughtful questions and your beautiful presence. And thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming. Thank you again. Thank you for being here. And please go to the bathroom. Yes, please. <laughs> Will not out. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. And please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out. Yes, and please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod, Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus. <laughs>